You're listening to Illuminate Your Practice, a podcast designed for docs on a mission to align their life and practice. I'm your host, Dr. Christy Wick. I'm a practicing chiropractor, CEO, mom boss, and interior design junkie. I've worked with hundreds of DCs to grow their practices with patients they love, teams that are loyal, and profits that continue to grow. I think we can all agree that your practice isn't truly thriving until your life and business are coexisting in harmony. So if you're ready to bring your whole self to practice, you're in the right place. Let's jump in. Hey, everybody. I was just about to say good morning. I am recording this for you in the morning, but I realized you could be listening to this in the afternoon or the evening. So good morning or good evening, whatever, whatever time it is. Hey, how you doing? How is uh, this month treating you thus far? If you are listening to this in real time when it releases, I would love to know, like, who else is having a bit of a I thought 2021 was supposed to be different. (laughs) Is anyone else feeling a little like that whole uh, Mercury retrograde situation is impacting them? Seriously, send me a DM so that I know I am not alone in that it has been a whirlwind. It's been wild. So I changed my plan a little bit for what I'm going to talk to you about today. I think I told you last week that I was going to do this What I Wish I Knew three-part series and I was going to do guest interviews in between. But because of life, I am doing part two for you today. And then I will have a great guest for you next week. So this one is going to be fast and furious. It's going to be coming at you. It's a soapbox topic. You're going to hear me get probably pretty riled up <laughs> about it. It's something that I talk about very frequently in coaching and with colleagues and and whatnot. So before we jump into the what I wish I knew part two, so what I wish that my brand new baby chiropractor self would have known when I first started practice in 2007, that's what we're talking about. We talked about one specific thing on last week's episode. So if you didn't catch that, you can certainly go back and listen. These are really tangible, tactical things that I implemented to grow my practice super rapidly and get to where I am today. And then I'm going to have one more episode like this for you coming up in the next few weeks. But in the meantime, it has been a hot minute since I have mentioned that, you know, most of you, if you are listening regularly, know I have a group coaching program for female chiropractors. And I have decided to keep that program open because obviously when you decide that you need help, it's that time, right? It's a timely thing. And I think I explained on a prior episode that I used to open it and take a few people and then close it and whatnot. Now I have built a team, luckily, that allows us to onboard new members at any time. So if you have decided maybe 2021 has started off with a bit of some clunky hiccups for you and you really would love some help in moving towards your goals this year, we have the ability to do discovery calls with potential new members at any time. So if you are interested in talking to a member of my team or honestly, potentially me, I, in certain cases, will still do discovery calls if you feel really strongly that you need to speak to me directly. 
if you are interested in talking about your situation and your goals to see if the squad might be a fit for you, my program's called The Illuminated Squad. You can just click the link in the show notes. But for you just listening verbally, seriously, just the easiest thing would just be send me a message on Instagram. That's fine. And I will get you the link you need to schedule a call so we can find out if this squad would be a good fit for you. Okay, so what we are going to talk about today is money. Money, money, money. We are going to be talking about pricing and a lot of what we'll focus on is your office visit average, your OVA. Um, For those of you that are maybe students or whatnot, still kind of getting your arms around all these different metrics that we talk about and, you know, abbreviations and all that good stuff. In my world, office visit average, OVA, is the average amount of money that is collected per visit in your practice. Some chiropractors call this DVA, dollar visit average. I'm sure there's other names for it, but I have always called it OVA. And so for ease, um, you would just think about, you know, if you collect X dollar amount through the course of a month and you did whatever, you know, 500 adjustments, you would divide that out and then you would figure out what is the average dollar amount collected per visit. So what I wish I knew about this way back when is the intellect and the analysis required to set your prices in a smart way. And I'm going to walk you through what I have seen in our profession as to how people set their prices. First and foremost, a lot of people, when they you know go to a new place, they decide they're going to start a practice. They call other chiropractors. They think they're being stealthy. <laughs> but hey, caller ID is a thing. So it definitely is not that stealthy when you do this method. But they call around to other chiropractors and they just ask them about their prices. Or maybe they know a chiropractor that practices, you know, relatively within 30 miles or something. And so they just kind of ask around and then they use that data to set their prices. Especially for newer practices, I see a lot of these chiropractors choosing to set them lower than what they, the information they've gathered about other area practices. And I'm sure you can gather why they would do that. It's probably no surprise to any of you listening that chiropractors in general tend to have some money mindset issues. Definitely a much larger percentage of them have money mindset issues than do not. A lot of chiropractors fall into the trap of like, well, if I'm cheaper, then, you know, like people will continue care and I'll have better retention and it'll be more attractive for new patients and all that stuff. So you can ascertain by my tone how much I love that. That thought process. Another way that people set their prices initially is just letting insurance dictate. So if they are taking a lot of insurance, they choose to sign a bunch of insurance contracts, then obviously your pricing is kind of all over the map based on the fee schedules for those contracts. And this is, you know, for any of you that are cash based practices listening, sometimes you are like just shocked at these numbers. But I mean, some insurance contracts at this point only pay like $25 a visit. It's wild. And a lot of chiropractors, you know, we are, we kind of grow up, so to speak, in school in this environment where many of our mentors, at least in my situation, basically were like, if you don't take insurance, like you won't be successful, which is 
absolutely wrong, by the way. (laughs) So, you know, a lot of new chiropractors will just let insurance dictate. And then that just continues. If they stay in network with insurance for a long time, they're continuing to just let all of their pricing be dictated by those fee schedules. And so that's another way that prices are made. Or the last thing that I've seen really frequently is chiropractors will just adopt the exact same pricing model as like a mentor or someone you happen to shadow like in the same state and they were willing to show you their prices or a friend or whatever. You literally just take their pricing model and slap your logo on it and away you go. Again, yikes. (laughs) No two communities are the same. No two areas have the same thought process when it comes to the people that live there and money and obviously median household income, demographics. I mean, this is one of those decisions that I think it is vital for you to put time and energy and effort into to set it up the right way in the beginning so that you can start off on the right foot and you don't have to consistently play catch up. Because in those three instances, just setting prices by trying to be cheaper than the other people around, letting insurance dictate, or just taking someone else's pricing model and just going, in most cases, chiropractors end up being not profitable, frustrated about money. They have cash flow issues. They don't understand. They feel like they're working so hard, but none of that financial means is ending up in their pocket. They feel paralyzed that they can't hire a CA as soon as they would like because they don't understand what's going on with their cash flow. Does this sound familiar to anyone? And what happens, I mean, even if you do have quote unquote success, I mean, I know of lots of practices where, you know, they puff out their chests at their high volume, but come to find out that, you know, they're charging five bucks in adjustment for kids. Like we'll talk about that in a second. And or like their OVA, if you average everything together is like 18 or $19. Like that's crazy. (laughs) Literally crazy that you went to school and spent hundreds of thousands of dollars for your education and the people in your practice are paying for your expertise and good God, you are worth more than $19 in adjustment. So again, (laughs) you can hear how like I get real riled up about this. So I want to walk you through some things you can consider for your pricing model and things that I have implemented over the years. And I'm going to just, as always, super transparent. This is a work in progress. We just increased our wellness prices this year pretty substantially. And our restoration prices, so our initial care plan prices, typically, they don't necessarily go up every single year, but I would say at least every other year, we are increasing them by a small percentage because that's how business works. (laughs) Like... That's seriously how business works. And especially with those small incremental increases, people expect that, you know? I mean, the your, your cup of coffee changes price every so often based on cost of living increase, right? I've heard other chiropractors talk about how, oh, you should just get to a place with your pricing and then never change it again. Again, whoa, that's, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> 
don't know how if you look at anything else in business, it's going to continue to evolve just based on the economy and how things progress in the world financially. So really, the first thing I want to talk to you about when you're considering how to set your prices is your mindset around money. Again, if we go back to that first example of, you know, just I'm just going to set my prices to be the most cost effective in the area. That's typically really indicative of you having a challenge with money. And if you feel strongly that it's a struggle for you to ask for what you are worth in practice, there really is no better way to spend your time early on in practice than trying to address those money issues. So searching out like podcasts about financial abundance and money mindset and listening to business experts, I'd highly encourage you to get outside of our profession for these resources and this education because they're going to give you such a better perspective. I mean, this is something that I'm really passionate about talking about inside my membership. Like, in fact, actually, the day I'm recording this, we have a guest expert coming on for my membership specifically around money mindset. So I think it's so vital that you start to do the work of detangling some of those thought patterns so that you can rectify them. And I don't want you to feel bad about it. This is common. This is, in fact, I'm going to venture to say it's like probably 75 to 80% of chiropractors have money issues, mainly because you're coming out of school with hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. So you have been struggling financially and now you feel set up to struggle financially because of this crazy mountain of debt. And so you struggle to ask patients for money because you feel if you would be presented with the same ask that it would be hard for you. And so therefore, it's difficult for you to deliver that request. Again, is this hitting anyone? So I can't walk you through money. Like, I don't know in your particular case what specifically about money is challenging. And this is why it's really important for you to do the work and to listen to resources and identify your limiting beliefs when it comes to collecting what you are worth. And those are great things for you to bring into our Facebook group, for you to talk about with your own coach or mentor, because this is one of those things where everyone has their own specific historical things that have played into this. And so it's important that you figure those out and address them specifically for you. So as you are going through that journey, the logical side of setting your prices really, in my mind as a coach, has so much to do with your area, with your demographics. So I am constantly telling my clients that they should not use the exact same pricing that I do unless their area is super similar to mine. So obviously, I do have a lot of Wisconsin clients that practice in rural areas like I have. And so they can get away with something similar. But you know, I practice in West Bend, Wisconsin. The median household income over the last like five to seven years has fluctuated between like the low to mid $50,000 range. That's the median household income. And it's a very conservative place. So I honestly probably 
could even charge more than I do because of the level of service we provide. But I am always really conscious of what I feel my market can tolerate. And I'm consistently kind of checking in with our stats and our trends in the practice to make sure that my pricing is like uh, hitting in the exact right zone that is going to be, I'm going to say risky, but tolerable. So I am the type of person that would much rather err on the side of the high end of what I feel my market can tolerate because I know what we have invested in our brand and in our education, in our expertise. I know that we provide super quality care. And so it's something that I'm consistently looking at to make sure that we are on the edge, basically, of what makes sense. Now, of course, I have docs that I coach that are in California or like other affluent, you know, affluent Dallas suburbs, that kind of thing, where their median household income is like 95 to 115,000. Now, that does not mean that they should just take my prices and double them. That's not how this works. (laughs) But it does mean that you know, their OVA obviously should be substantially higher than mine, not necessarily in a proportional nature, because again, it's super dependent on a lot of other analytics in your area. And this is something that I really can't teach you on a podcast. This is something that actually I would venture to say is, you know, my husband and I inside the squad have a pretty proprietary analysis process that we use to recommend like a pricing range. And we do a lot of research. But In general, to give you some tangible things, now these numbers, by the way, that I'm going to throw out there are based on cash practices. So I'm not factoring in all kinds of insurance contracts. I am factoring in cash subluxation-based practices, meaning you probably are recommending weekly or biweekly wellness after a more aggressive initial care plan that is designed to improve function. And I'm planning to actually talk to you about care plans a little more on the next episode. So there's a little teaser for you. But because I have a cash-based wellness subluxation practice where we do have a very large percentage of our practice that is coming weekly or biweekly for wellness and in some cases have for five, six, seven years, you know, we are consistently looking at that like $36 to $38 OVA range because we give aggressive pricing based on family members in the practice. So it's helpful for us to allow people to make it affordable when we're considering how many people in the practice are or how many people in the family are coming into the practice actively. Now, if you are practicing in an area where you have a much higher median household income, like I just mentioned, then I personally think, you know, your OVA, we're talking like, broad scope more in that $50 range and oftentimes higher just depending on exact information about your area. Like where specifically is that neighborhood? What does that look like as far as disposable income and your ideal patient and all of that? So just throwing those numbers out there, it's important for you to have some context. Now, Again, this is based on the model that I just shared. So if you don't do care plans, if you don't do wellness plans, if you have tons of insurance, 
these numbers aren't going to be super helpful for you (laughs) because it's a completely different model. We're comparing apples and kumquats. And not only have I seen those high volume wellness practice people kind of tout their numbers when they have a low OVA, I've seen this the same in the opposite direction. So I've seen really heavily insurance dominant practices that bill out several codes every visit. So they're basically just like billing out as much as they possibly can, or they're providing like massage or other things in conjunction with the adjustment. And so then they go out into the profession and say, they have an $80 OVA, which I'm like, okay, I know right off the bat that that's not real because I have never seen a really an adjustment-focused, subluxation-based practice where you're truly giving wellness recommendations based on function. I mean, are you going to charge $80 every week for a patient to come in weekly for the rest of their life? Probably not. I mean, unless you practice in, I don't know, like, Even in the most rich area, that seems very far-fetched to me. So just be careful when, here's a little sidebar for you. We throw these numbers around in our profession. My my husband, I don't know if I can say this on here, but I'm going to have to. My husband calls them Cairo porn because remember, he's a financial analyst. And so his name is Joe. Joe will be like, yeah, those numbers are real. Like, because this is what we do in our profession is we just throw these numbers around to make ourselves feel better. Not you, other people. (laughs) And, but if you like look under the hood of these numbers, this is what's actually happening. So consider this a bit of an expose, if you will, of what's actually happening. And so my sidebar is, please don't get caught up in comparing those numbers. Like there's, no way for you to have all the information about what's actually happening in that person's practice model. I mean, some people, if they're doing a ton of insurance, they might be doing like, you know, ART or active stretching in conjunction with every adjustment and billing out a code for that. And obviously, if you're a cash-based wellness practice, you're not doing that. Like you might be still doing some stretching or providing exercise every so often, you know, giving people at home things you want them to do. But at least in our case, we typically don't charge for that because we want to honor the adjustment and we want to stay really committed to um, that model. So please, please, please don't get caught up in all of those numbers because it is truly impossible for you to know exactly what's going on with that person. So if you were the person that set your fees by just calling around or you you know used an old mentor's fee schedule or whatever it is, now is the time for you to really start to look at the demographics in your area and ask yourself what you think your OVA is capable of being. Now, obviously, I'm biased, so you can take this with a grain of salt, but I firmly believe this is one of the biggest benefits of having a coach. I mean, I have coached at this point hundreds of people that have that have a money mindset issue and need some support around getting to a place where they're actually charging what they're worth. And one of the biggest things I always tell people is, they're not paying for your time. They are paying for your expertise. And again, if you think about how many hours and hours and hours you have invested into becoming the doctor you are today, you deserve to be paid well for that. You deserve to, 
you know, really have a fantastic exchange of value that makes you feel comfortable and confident and doesn't make you feel stressed every month about your cash flow. So it's super important that you just draw a line in the sand, so to speak, if you feel like your pricing needs to be looked at. And there's no better time to look at it than now. I know a lot of people last year were super worried about doing anything with their pricing in the face of the economy. And I totally understand that. But I do think it's really important for you to look at where you are, where you potentially could be with your OVA. And then even if you don't want to fully rip that Band-Aid off right off the bat, you need to start baby stepping your way towards that with price increases over time. You can do it little by little. Because really, the last big tactical piece I want to share with you here is, do you know if you're actually profitable with each adjustment? When was the last time you figured out how much it costs you to provide an adjustment? Now, this is something that I have learned over the years from business mentors, where I'm actually looking at I'm taking my overhead, my general fixed overhead in the course of a month, and I'm dividing that out by the number of adjustments that we typically perform per month as well and figuring out how much it costs me to provide that adjustment. Now, obviously, this number is a moving target. So if you have a relatively fixed overhead and you know that you would not need to increase that overhead substantially, but you still could see, let's say, an additional 50 visits per week with the exact same relative overhead figure, then obviously your cost to provide those adjustments is going to go down the more that you are performing with the same overhead. But to give you an example, let's go back and use our friend with the $19 OVA that, you know, they're super pumped. They're seeing six, seven, 800 a week, whatever it may be. But, you know, their OVA is $19 and it costs them $25 to perform an adjustment. That's painful, everybody. (laughs) That is really something that needs to be looked at that they essentially are losing money every single time they perform an adjustment. Now, some of you might be listening to this episode and you are of the chiropractic genre of like, I'm going to show up and serve and the rest is going to figure itself out. Again, with so much love, I love you. That is not how business works. This is how business works. And honestly, the easiest way for me to explain this to you is in order for you to provide a fantastic future for your family, for your team members and their families, and ultimately the right value exchange between you and your patients so that you are really signaling to the world what our amazing profession is worth is by actually looking at the numbers and looking at it with your business hat on. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't love to give love serve. That doesn't mean that I don't love to show up and think about the person in front of me. I'm certainly not thinking about these business things when I'm in the zone adjusting people. But it does mean that as a CEO, if you have decided to own a business, you have a duty, in my opinion, to ensure that you are honoring what you are worth. And really, 
your patients want to pay you what you are worth. If you're in the realm of a really low OVA and you're dictating that to your patients, they're just paying it because they don't know any better or any differently. And it's up to you to rectify that. So please hear me when I say it's so important for you to know what your profitability looks like now so that you don't get yourself into trouble. And again, remember that these episodes were sparked by the whole what I wish I would have known because I was that person that let insurance dictate my fee schedule. And I set up my pricing just based on what was happening in the area. And eventually, you know, I got to a point where I was in network with Medicaid and it cost me more to provide adjustments to a Medicaid patient than what I was collecting. Like it ended up feeling as a business person like I had to pay someone a few dollars to get adjusted. And that was terrible. Like it just was not congruent with my values. And I had gotten to a point where I was so very clear on what my expertise was worth and how much time and energy and money I had poured into becoming the chiropractor that I was, that it was no longer okay or congruent for me to continue to offer care in that model because it wasn't aligned with my money mindset. And so that's why I want to share this. That's why I want to challenge all of you to look at this today because bottom line, um, you really have to remember when you don't charge what your expertise is worth, you are continuing to feed the story in your head that people don't value what we do. You're choosing to accept that in your life. Um, Or worse yet, you're feeding the story in your brain that people don't value you. Because especially for my women listening, there's a lot of self-love, self-esteem issues that are right underneath the surface of money mindset issues. And if we don't look at those, if we don't really figure out where they're stemming from and how we can move past them, your mindset about money and your mindset about yourself will dictate your ability to find the level of success that you deserve in this profession. It will hinder you forever if you are not willing to look at this. And the only way to see progress in our profession as a whole as chiropractors is with each of us being personally committed to finding the level of success that we desire. That's it. When each of us finds that success, we then can reach a handout to each side and help other chiropractors, other colleagues. We can obviously invest in research. We can you know, continue to mentor other people. We can help people that were in the same situation we were just not that long ago. I mean, hello, here I am. <laughs> this is what I'm about, right? And I want you to really remember that although these particular business pieces aren't always your favorite probably to work on, this is the stuff that will change the course and trajectory of our profession. This is the stuff that will help us have the means to do the research and to change things so that people actually have an opportunity to understand what we are about. This is it. So please 
take this episode as my my plea to you to look at your pricing and decide if it is really aligned with what you provide and what you offer and the amazing opportunity to change someone's quality of life with the power of chiropractic care it needs to be honored it needs to be respected and hear me when i say you are the person that can deliver those amazing results when it comes to the nervous system for each and every patient that walks through your doors. And I want you to be compensated for it accordingly. Okay? So I'm leaving you with that today. No quote today because I knew I would have this little uh, ranty rant <laughs> at the end. I, As always, we are here for you in the Facebook group. If you have something specific you want to talk about when it comes to this issue, just let us know. But dig in, make the changes if necessary. And hey, if you feel that you are priced in the right place, if you feel really confident with your OVA, you've worked hard with this maybe over the last few years, take some time to pat yourself on the back and give yourself some credit for being willing to honor the value that you bring into this world. And if you're on the opposite end, I was too. And most people are. So don't, it's not about where you're starting. It's all just about your awareness and your willingness to look at these things and make changes at the pace that you feel is right for you. Can't wait to talk to you again next week. Have a great day. (laughs) 